Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hey guys, welcome to this next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. Before we jump into this week's subject, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my favorite protein powder because I feel like it took me a really long time to find one that I liked and agreed with my GI system and mix into iced coffee and all the things that I like to do with protein powder. And I do get the question a lot from 101 nutrition clients, from people on Instagram. Um, So it's definitely a hot topic. And I think protein powder can be really helpful and convenient if you're somebody who is striving to hit a daily protein goal, because sometimes it is hard to get it all from food. So I think in a quick pinch or a day that like it's just not happening with the food, it can be really helpful as far as getting that protein in. So My favorite protein powder is the one from Paleo Valley. It's the grass-fed bone broth protein. And if you're somebody who can't do dairy, um, the whey protein upsets your stomach, like pea protein is always kind of like a crapshoot, this is a really good option. I mean, personally, all those plant-based ones just destroyed my stomach. Um, Whey is kind of like hit or miss. I think I can probably deal with it a little bit better nowadays compared to what I did. But this is great if you're somebody who has GI issues or just want to try something a little bit different. Um, But I like it just because it's made from good quality ingredients. It's made from grass-fed beef bone broth instead of the hide. So like a lot of collagen brands. So Vital Protein, some of those other ones, they're made from the hides of the animal and not from the bones. And the bones are really a lot more nutritious. That's where like all the minerals and good stuff comes from. Um, Obviously, you get collagen in there too. So it's a really, really good option. And then of course, you know, it's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, all those things, you know, if you're watching those specific things. Um, But it's got 15 grams of protein per serving. I think it mixes really well with iced coffee, smoothies, you can put it in soups, you can put it in sauces, you can put it in oatmeal. Um, It really, it has, it's flavorless. It has a teeny bit of a flavor, but if you mix it with coffee or you put like a banana in your smoothie or something like that, you're not going to taste it. Um, It definitely has a more gritty texture, so closer to that of like a traditional collagen peptides in the sense that it's like a little bit more gritty, but I think it mixes really well. I put it in a shaker a lot of times and mix it with my iced coffee and it's good to go. Totally fine in smoothies, totally fine in oatmeal, um, soups and things like that. I mix it into yogurt sometimes if I can't get the Greek yogurt, um, just for a little bit more protein. Um, It's not powdery like a whey protein is, um, but it's really delicious and I like it. Um, It also comes in chocolate. Mal really likes that flavor. I like it too, but I just tend to stick with the unflavored for my coffee because I like the flavor of coffee. (laughs) Anyways, This is my whole spiel about my favorite protein powder. Just wanted to put it in this episode and I'll include a link. It is an affiliate link. I do get a little kickback, so thank you for supporting me. But if you use that link, you do save 15% off your order. So it's a good option as far as 
giving it a try, saving a little bit of money. Um, and if you end up buying it, let me know what you think. I would love to hear um, if you like it or not. But a bunch of my clients use this. They love it. I've definitely turned a lot of people onto it. So big fan. And also, if you do end up on the Paleo Valley website, check out some of their other products. I mean, they have a ton of stuff. They have beef sticks, they have vitamin C, they have um, beef liver, they have a million different products and everything is just good quality and it's a good company and I'm a big fan, big fan. All right, guys, here's this next episode. I hope you enjoy it. In this video, I'm gonna talk about how diet culture ruined my health. I have been online for almost 15 years now. I have seen the good, the bad, the ugly when it comes to diet culture. I'm even kind of part of this diet culture. But in this video, I'm going to talk about specifically and personally how diet culture negatively affected my health. I am Tina Hoppert. I am the woman behind the Carrots and Cake brand. Carrots and Cake is all about having your carrots and cake too. It's very much an 80-20 approach to life as far as nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, all the things. And on this channel, you are going to hear me talk about weight loss, fat loss, hormones, minerals, fitness, and so much more. Okay, so let's get right into this topic because I know it's definitely a hot one. <laughs> When we talk about diet culture, I just feel like it can be so good for so many reasons, but a lot of times, yeah, it gets a bad rap and I think it gets a bad rap for good reasons. So I'm going to go into a little more detail with that. But first I wanted to give a shout out to my, one of my first videos when I talked about ulcerative colitis and my story as far as some of the things I wish I knew when I was first diagnosed, I was diagnosed with UC. 11 years ago, and it has impacted my health and how I see health in so, so many ways. So if you haven't seen that video, if you're struggling with IBD or chronic GI issues, definitely check it out because there's some good, helpful information in there. But I wanted to kind of set the stage as far as where I'm coming from with this health journey, because Sure, I started online in 2008 with my blog, Carrots and Cake, and I started that blog as a way to shape up and look good for my wedding day. I mean, my goal at that point was really to lose weight, look good, feel good, and I just wanted to document it online. And then over the years, obviously, that little blog turned into my full-time job and a business and so much more. But Starting there with that goal, I dove in deep as far as consuming all sorts of content around diet and fitness and nutrition and all the things. And obviously, I think at the end of the day, we really need to think for ourselves and figure out what works best for us as an individual. But consuming all that content without paying attention to biofeedback without thinking about the consequences can be really detrimental and harmful to our health. So I want to talk about some of the things that really affected me and how this diet culture that pervades so much of the internet um, personally affect, affected me. So I will go into detail about some of those things right now. So the first way that diet culture really impacted me <laughs> or negatively impacted me was this idea that you have to be perfect to see results. And I 100% remember following meal plans and diet plans 
perfectly to a T, you know, no cheats, eating 100% clean, um, following workout plans the exact same way. And then going back to my journey with ulcerative colitis, same thing, following those elimination diets, quote unquote, perfectly and doing everything perfectly. And I think that mindset of doing everything perfectly can kind of make you crazy. And it can also make you feel really bad about yourself if you're not doing things perfectly. So over the years, I've learned that you do not need to do any of this perfectly. Um, as somebody who coaches women when it comes to macros and using macros as a tool to help them get to their body composition goals, I've learned that you don't need to hit your macros. You don't need to eat perfectly. You don't need to stick to an exercise routine 100% because you can still get results. And I think being a little more imperfect with your habits can help you be a lot more consistent. And that's 100% what I've realized over the years, that if I cut myself a little bit of slack, I give myself some grace as far as doing things perfectly, I'm way more consistent. I mean, I remember the days of working out six days a week, and that is a lot of exercise. And I was doing hour long workout. Sometimes I was doing two a days. I was doing so much exercise. And again, shout out to my overtraining videos. <laughs> Talk a lot about overtraining just because I'm very passionate about helping women realize that they're overtraining because I overtrained for decades of my life, decades, decades, decades. But my whole point here is that I used to exercise six days a week, sometimes seven, sometimes five, but a lot, a lot of exercise. And nowadays I exercise three days a week, maybe four days a week. And I do feel like I'm a lot more consistent because it's not an all or nothing approach to exercise. It's a very, very moderate approach to exercise. And same thing goes with nutrition. You know, I eat a lot of healthy foods. I mean, it's carrot to cake, very much an 80-20 approach to nutrition, but I don't eat 100% squeaky clean. I just think eating, ugh, I don't know, eating perfectly is not Fun. I mean, I like healthy food, but I also think you need some fun foods in your life. And as my father-in-law always says, life is too long to not eat your favorite foods. And that is 100% what I believe and why I believe in this carrots and cake lifestyle. I mean, I still eat Doritos. I still drink wine. I still dine out. I have dessert. I have dessert every single day. Um, but I do think allowing some of those fun things into your life as far as food goes helps you be a lot more consistent. When it comes to this whole idea of diet culture and being perfect, I am here to tell you that you don't need to be perfect. And actually, if you loosen up the reins a little bit, you'll probably be a lot more successful. So again, when you are going into a new diet, a new fitness routine, whatever it is, cut yourself a little bit of slack. As we tell our clients, it's okay to lower your expectations a little bit um, because you don't need to do it perfectly. And if anything, finding that middle ground, that moderation when it comes to your approach is going to be a lot more enjoyable too. So you're going to be able to be consistent and really consistency at the end of the day is what wins when it comes to changing your body, getting healthier, feeling better. So just keep that in mind when you are trying to be perfect, but just remember you don't need to be perfect to see good results. Okay, so the second way that diet culture kind of ruined my health is very much related to the first point that I made, um, that more is better. This idea that you need to do more exercise, run more miles, buy more supplements, 
you know, do more things, you know, to get the results. And a lot of times I think it's all about doing less. I mean, obviously I've talked about overtraining a ton on this channel and for me, doing less as far as exercise definitely took stress off my body. It helped me rebuild my hormones so I could build muscle again. And a lot of times I just think we're thinking more, more, more. We need to do more things to get healthy. And I always joke with my clients about this, that yeah, there's 1 million ways that you can get healthy. There's so many tactics and things that you can try and diets and supplements. And there's, there's so much out there, shiny object syndrome, but you don't need to do them all. And if anything, I would say, pare down what you're doing and pick one or two things, focus on those and do them really well. Um, I think that's what really moves the dial. And that's what makes you more consistent and more successful when it comes to fat loss and changing your body and getting healthy. Because yeah, if you're doing 1 million different things, you know, you have your workout and you have your pre-workout and your BCAAs, and then you have to do your protein shake and you have to take XYZ supplements and you have to get this much protein and you have to track your macros and you have to get to sleep and you have to stretch and foam roll and there's so many things. There's only so many hours in the, the day. And if you are a mom, you're working full time, like you don't want to add more to your plate. I would just focus on a couple things. Um, for me, it's eating whole foods, it's getting sleep, and it's doing some of those foundational things that are boring. Um, and I maybe you probably have heard them a few hundred times. They're a little eye rolly. Like, yes, I know I need to sleep. Yes, I need to know I need to eat whole foods. But those are the things that make a difference. It's not about all the little shiny objects. And I don't know, none of that stuff's magical. It really is the foundations that make a difference, which is a great segue to my third point <laughs> is that I put so much focus into diets and how much diets mattered. And really I ignored a lot of the foundational things. Like I was saying, sleep, stress management, eating whole food, strength training, being happy, just finding joy in your day, which I know sounds so cheesy, but those foundations are the big things that really move the dial. And I really just was so focused on eating so perfectly, so clean that I just missed all the other things that really mattered. And I kind of ignored them and I ignored those parts of my health um, until I got to a point where my health was so messed up that I really needed to look at what I was doing in a different way. The next way that diet culture kind of ruined my health was that I thought low calorie equaled healthy. And I see this again and again with women. Um, it's definitely something that pervades diet culture is that women are constantly looking for the lowest calorie option. And when you think about that, it's actually not that healthy to eat low calorie. Obviously under eating, under fueling your body is not healthy, but foods that have low calorie don't necessarily have the best nutritional profile. So, you know, there's these like zero calorie noodles out there. There's all these like protein bars that are made with like fake sugars and things like rice cakes. I mean, I love a good rice cake, but you're not getting a ton of nutrition from a rice cake. You know, this idea of like 
eating fewer calories is better. I mean, I remember a client bragging to me that she found these wraps that were 50 calories, which is great. Yes, if you are in a cut phase, a diet, you know, you have a very specific goal in mind, sure, you're probably trying to find foods that are lower calorie. But if you are eating in maintenance where you wanna be most of your life, I think you should be trying to find foods that are very nourishing and have lots of nutrients and have a decent amount of calories in them. But I think there was just this very, very strong focus on calories. And I could remember eating the hundred calorie packs and, you know, stuff like that. And a lot of those like low calorie foods are really like junky. They don't have a lot of good ingredients in them. They have those fake sugars, they have chemicals and things like that. Um, and I definitely fell into that. I was eating like the light and fit yogurt for, I don't know, 90 calories and the Kashi cereal and the fiber one bars and, oh, my poor gut. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I did to my gut and ate for my gut. That was one thing. That was one area where I fell into that trap of low calorie meant healthy or low calorie meant, you know, that's what I needed to do to lose weight and, you know, feel my best, which it was anything but that. I was eating a bunch of gross diet food. I wasn't feeling my best. I think, yeah, if there's a specific goal that you have in mind, you know, you need to eat in a calorie deficit, sure, those things can be healthy. But I think for the most part, if you are trying to be your healthiest self, you're trying to balance your hormones, you're trying to take care of your thyroid and metabolism. Um, if you're struggling with energy, I mean, geez, don't be going for the lowest calorie foods. Go with the most nutritious foods. And the most nutritious foods are meat, fish, eggs, fruits, veggies, beans, lentils, whole foods, you know, things that come from the earth or come from the animal or a fish or something like that. Those are the best and those are the most nutritious foods. It's not the 100 calorie packs, zero calorie noodles because they're adding no nutrition to your life. They're not giving you the minerals and vitamins and all the good stuff that your body needs. So that was definitely an area that I succumb to. And yeah, I definitely fell into that diet trap for many years. I'd say pretty much all of my twenties and maybe even into my early thirties, <laughs> but things are very different now. I am all about finding nutrients, nutrition. I love minerals and yeah, just a very, very different approach nowadays, but just wanted to call out that one part of diet culture because yeah, it got me, it got me good. And finally, the last way that diet culture really ruined my health was I ignored my, my body. I ignored symptoms. I mean, I just felt like I was so wrapped up in tracking macros and tracking my steps. And a lot of this, a lot of the tools and data that we use in this diet culture world that I was paying attention to, you know, my app on my phone, as far as what to eat, I was paying attention to my watch as far as, you know, how many steps I was getting and the amount of activity. And I was paying attention to that data so much that I was ignoring the symptoms and what was going on with my body as far as the biofeedback and the signals that my body was giving me. And I ignored a lot of that feedback for a very, very long time. And I do talk about that in my Orange Theory video about how I was running, 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 do the, doing these really intense workouts at Orange Theory and ignoring how it was affecting me. And it was really affecting me in a negative way. I mean, I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was hungry all the time. I was gaining weight. Like there were so many symptoms and I just ignored them because I had tunnel vision. You know, I needed to do these workouts. I needed to sweat. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
I just saw it in so many places in my life. I just ignored it. I mean, even with macros, um, I love macros. I use them with clients all the time. I use them myself personally. Um, I'm definitely not the hate your macros type of girl, but in my video about how to transition from macros to more intuitive eating, um, I talk about this transition because when you are tracking macros and trying to hit them every single day, a lot of times you do ignore those signals from your body because you're trying to hit a certain number. So you're trying to eat like a certain amount of protein or get a certain amount of carbs into your diet. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have enough protein, are you just going to eat a bowl of egg whites to hit that number? I, I, I just don't think that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't sound very appetizing, but it's almost like you're not listening to your body as far as what it needs. You're just eating a bowl of egg whites or having a protein shake because your app is telling you that's what you need. So I definitely fell into that trap. I see it again and again with clients. And I think there is kind of a nice middle ground between tracking macros every single day and more intuitive eating where you are listening to your body and listening to what your body needs. And that's kind of how I track macros now. Like I use them to make sure I'm getting enough protein, getting enough fiber, getting enough of the good stuff. Um, but I'm not using them in a way where it's totally dictating what I'm eating. Instead, it's more of kind of that flexible guidelines, like leading me to make certain choices, but it's definitely not the end all be all, but I've been there. I was the girl that was eating the bowls of egg whites and not listening to my body and not listening to what it needed. I mean, I just remember trying to eat low carb at one point or like moderate carb, but then doing a ton of exercise, running a ton and just how bad I felt. I just had no energy for my workouts. And it was because I was paying attention to those macros and what I needed. And I needed way more carbs than those macros, you know, ever, you know, ever told me, um, you know, I got those macros from like a random gym challenge that I did, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't listening to my body in any sort of way. It was some random person that gave me a set of macros. So this is all to say, um, listen to your body, listen to the biofeedback. It sounds really cheesy, but I really do think if you can kind of quiet down your mind and all of that stuff out there and listen to your body, it will tell you what it needs. I really, really, truly believe believe that. And of course that takes time. It's not something that just happens overnight, but sometimes, you know, not wearing your watch, not hitting 10,000 steps for the day, you know, not paying attention to all the data and information and just really being in tune with your body. I know it sounds woo and out there, but <laughs> it's helped me a lot over the last few years, you know, dealing with a chronic illness, but also, you know, body composition and, you know, changing my body and trying to eat more healthy and eat in a way that gives me energy and helps balance my mood and hormones and all that. So it's a very holistic approach to diet culture nowadays, as far as what I do personally and what I do with our clients. So if you enjoyed this video, I would love for you to take a second to like it and subscribe so you are notified of future videos. And of course, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how diet culture has affected you negatively, because that'll be a good conversation, but positively too. I mean, there's a lot of good things that I have gathered from diet culture over the years too. 
I'll have to do a video about that in the future. But some of these things that I said, if they resonated with you, please leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. And if what I said in this video resonated with you and you're interested in nutrition coaching, please apply. We'll be sure to leave the link. But this video kind of gave you a preview of our approach to coaching, to nutrition, to fitness. And we also offer at-home hormone testing, mineral testing, which can give you a little bit more data. And it helps us as far as giving you a more targeted approach to your fat loss goals, body composition goals. So feel free to apply. Like I said, we'll leave the link below. And I hope you enjoyed this video.